This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And it's now a pleasure to welcome in former CDC Director Dr. Tom Frieden, who's currently President and CEO of Resolve to Save Lives. Dr. Frieden, great to have you with us today. Thank you, sir. Good morning, Dan. So I, I guess give us your overall thoughts of where you think we are right now in terms of dealing with the coronavirus and also the process uh, in developing vaccines to deal with it. Well, in terms of the coronavirus, we're in different places, in different places of the U.S. Uh, in a lot of the U.S., it is out of control and at really high levels. And sometimes I think we get inured to the numbers. Look at Germany, which is concerned about a, a increasing number of cases they're having now, what they're calling a spike, their rate is 50 times less than ours. And of course, China and many other countries have essentially crushed the curve, as Austin just outlined. So uh, the virus currently has the upper hand, and it's going to be a long, hard slog to get it under control. And we're not doing the things we need to do to make that happen. On the other hand, there are parts of the Northeast that have it at relatively low numbers. And while they're not out of the woods yet, um, they're in much better shape. What about the development of the of the vaccines? Because obviously a lot of people believe that, that is, that's going to be an important component moving forward. Now, there's no question that a vaccine would be the single most important tool to fight COVID. And it's also encouraging that there are more than 150 vaccines being investigated, more than 20 in human trials, three entering phase three trials, and some of the initial phase one and two data is encouraging. It suggests that the vaccine can lead to a protective immune response, but there's a lot of important caveats here. Um, We don't know if the antibodies that are found in a test tube actually mean that you're immune. If you are, we don't know how long that immune Uh, reaction or protection will last. We don't know who it will work for. And even if a vaccine is effective, we then have to know whether or not it's safe. And that's really important. You know, Dan, for a medicine, for someone who's sick, you say, well, if it has some side effects, that's, you know, that's, that's, we can put up with that because we're curing their illness. Vaccines are very different. You're going to give vaccines to millions of people who are not sick. And so your tolerance for an adverse reaction has to be much, much lower. And some of the vaccines being studied are using technologies that have never been used in humans before or very rarely used in humans before. So safe, effective, and then will people take it? And that's really important. Uh, There are logistical barriers, there are administrative, financial barriers. But the most important barrier, if we have a safe and apparently effective vaccine, is going to be the barrier of trust. And particularly in an election season, that's going to be very important to maintain. And there are two things to watch closely here. The FDA and the CDC both have excellent, independent, objective, public advisory bodies on vaccines. The FDA is determined whether or not to approve it, and the CDC is determined who should get it and when. And whatever happens with vaccine, we want to see them go through those two processes so we don't undermine trust in vaccines. You bring up an interesting point, and, and let me play off of it, because uh, the, the who gets it part, I think, is obviously very important. And, and it has to be thought of not just as a scale here in the U.S., 
but it has to be thought about on a global scale as well, correct? Absolutely. You know, this event shows us again that we're all connected. And even if we get a good vaccine and we get most people in the U.S. to take it, if it's spreading globally, we're not going to protect our health. We're not going to protect our economy. So there's self-interest in doing the right thing. There's self-interest in what we call global solidarity. And that means that vaccines need to be treated as public goods. That means we need to care whether enough is made quickly enough to protect people all around the world, in addition, of course, to what we do here. But we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. We don't yet have a vaccine that's proven to work, proven to be safe, and that we're confident we can get into people's arms. Yeah, and we're obviously not going to have a vaccine over the next few weeks yet, which you're going to have a lot of people here in the United States having to make some important decisions, one being schools. And I know this is an area you've looked at, uh, the idea of what school is going to look like come the fall. Any community can open schools in a COVID pandemic, but only a community that controls COVID community-wide and does things to adapt the schools and keep them safer can keep the schools open. And really, it's a little stunning that you've still got bars open in areas where you have explosive spread of COVID and people are thinking they're going to open the schools. You've got a choice. You can either shut things where we know COVID is exploding, um, or uh, you can close them and have some hope of getting our kids to be able to attend school in person in the fall. You can't do both. You've also been focusing on uh, some of the data around COVID, and, and I guess in some cases it's been a lack of data. How much concern do you have of, of having the true understanding of all that this pandemic is bringing if the data process is not good enough in states around the country? I think the single most important thing we can do now is to encourage and support every state, every city, every county to report standard data on how much the virus is spreading and how well our control measures are going. Um, This is crucial. If we're on the same page, we can understand our risk and reduce the risk. What was really surprising to us, we did a review of all 50 states dashboards, and we found that less than half of all of the essential information was available. And when it came to information on how well is our response going, how quickly are tests coming back, are we doing contact tracing right, the results were frankly abysmal. There's just hardly any information on some of the most important things we need to do to understand and control the virus. Are we, in this situation, are we also hurt a little bit by, I think at times, our short-term memory? And and I ask you that because, honestly, I don't remember a lot about the H1N1 outbreak from 2009, and I don't know how much people do in general. And so I ask you that in the scope of what we're going through here right now, of truly being able to remember how bad this has been. It is inevitable that there will be another pandemic, and it could even be worse than this one. What's not inevitable is that we continue to be so woefully underprepared, and that means both in the U.S. and globally. In the U.S., we need a different way to fund protection of Americans from health threats, because right now, the long-term protection does battle with short-term urgent needs, and guess what loses? Long-term protection. That's one of the reasons we're in the bad shape we're in now. And despite having 
tried for years to get much more money for this. It's very hard. There needs to be a new way to fund protection, and we've suggested a way a bipartisan group has suggested a health defense operations budget designation that would be uh, a discretionary budget uh, that would be budget cap exempt and would benefit from objective professional judgments that bypass the Office of Management and Budget and so give Congress and the public an accurate view of what's actually needed. Globally, we need to support the World Health Organization and we need to recognize that it is essential and necessary, but not sufficient. And we're going to need to come up with new ways to prevent and rapidly respond to global pandemics. Dr. Frieden, thank you very much for your time today. All the best to you, sir, during this pandemic. Thank you, sir. Thank you and all the best. Thank you. Dr. Tom Frieden, former CDC director, currently the president and CEO of Resolve to Save Lives. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.